0: And welcome to Art Waves, a podcast about arts and culture in small rural towns. My name is Marian Myers, and I'm curious to learn more about the arts and the impact they have on my small town of Port Perry in the rural township of Skugog, Ontario, in the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of Skugog Island. I've discovered a wide variety of passionate people creating, coaching, and connecting in my community. And today we're talking to Kristen Meyer Creamer, And uh, she's, I refer to her as the volunteer extraordinaire, but really, um, Kristen, you're with uh, sportslogos.net. That's right. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's great to have you. So, you know what, um, before we go into this whole, uh, volunteer extraordinaire side of your life um tell us about sportslogos.net what's what's that business what do you what do you do there and what is that business
1: so sportslogos.net was started in the 90s by my husband he was a a young teenager in his basement playing around on the early internet and uh, he decided to make himself a website just as a hobby and that hobby turned into one of the biggest websites in the world um it's it is the biggest uh Place to find uh, sports logos, branding, uniforms, that kind of thing, on the internet, and uh, we're kind of the source for that now. We also have a news portion to our website, so that's what my husband does on a daily basis. He's a, a journalist now, uh, and I look after all the marketing and the social media and reaching out and doing all of our volunteer stuff for the for the uh, the business. Very cool. Okay. So.
0: I'm calling you this volunteer extraordinaire (laughs) because that's the way I know you. Um, And in communities everywhere, there are volunteers. So tell us about some of the things you're involved in.
1: Uh, I like to have sort of like a varied experience in my life. So I like to do lots of different things. Um, I'm a director at the Chamber of Commerce for Scugog, and I also get involved in lots of charities. So... I run the Queen Bees of Scugog, which is originally was a dragon boat team and now does a little bit more. We do fundraising in the community and we also race uh, at the Port Perry Dragon Boat Festival. So that's one thing. I also love to volunteer for things like... um, things like Scugog Arts. Uh, I'm also a director there on their on their lovely board and um, I I love and secretary. Yeah and secretary. (laughs) I love to get involved in the arts. That's something that's close to my heart because I'm an artist as well Um, and I like to come out to events and help out where I can. Uh, We did a great sketchy arts party a few weeks ago which I uh, was a pleasure to be a part of um, and you know, there's also little things that I do in the community. I like to help small businesses, especially female entrepreneurs with their social media and their marketing. I like to help them get started and get launched, uh, in their industries. Um, and I like to provide assistance, um, along the way for them where I can.
0: Yeah. And you've worked on some, um, some, you know, the Fill a Purse for a Sister, that's an interesting program you've worked on. Tell us about that one.
1: Yeah, so I'm part of a really big army of women in Scugog who work really hard to fill hundreds and hundreds of purses every fall for women in need in our community. So uh, we collect purses that are filled with personal I- personal items, um, items like toothpaste and toothbrushes and deodorant and things like that. So it's a months-long process Um, where we sort purses and then they are delivered to all throughout our community to women's shelters and places that like community care places like that that uh, need just a little a little pick me up around the holidays so the purses get delivered over December January that kind of time uh, just to give people a little bit of a uplifting message at this time of year yeah so you know what
0: What's the driver in that interest? Where did that come from, your um, volunteering? It's at the core of who you are, I think. So where'd that come from? How did well, it develop? Well, I think
1: if you grow up in a family that does it, then its uh, you make it a priority in your life. I grew up in a family full of volunteers. So uh, both of my grandparents were involved in the Lions Clubs in Brampton. They were both president of the Lions Club and the Lioness Club. They did a lot of traveling. Um, My mom was a a division commissioner for Girl Guides of Canada. So I was in Girl Guides since I was four years old, all the way up to a leader. Um, So and as you know, Girl Guides is all about community and volunteering and that kind of thing. So I've always grown up seeing it. It's always been a part of our daily life. Um, Weekends were for (laughs) volunteering at events, whether it be Lobster Fest for the Lions Club or... Um, You know, doing a division event for the Girl Guides, a camp or a a jamboree, that kind of thing. Uh, So it was always a fun thing, too. It was social. It was it was where you would see friends. So um, I just would really like to continue that into my old age (laughs) and show my kids also that it's so important to get involved. And it's very rewarding. And
0: what ways do you find it rewarding?
1: Uh, Well, I always talk about goodwill and building goodwill in your community. And goodwill isn't just, it's, it can be seen as a commodity, but it's also a feeling. So creating goodwill in your community community means filling people with inspiration. It means, you know, inspiring people to, to get out of their comfort zone, to say yes to things, to do things that they wouldn't normally do. Um,
0: to try new things, to try
1: new things, to meet new people. There's so much opportunity there uh, for people, especially like me. I used to be a very big introvert, high anxiety. (laughs) And then one day I just snapped my fingers and said, you know what, I'm going to start saying yes to things and you know, go out of my comfort zone and volunteer work was my way to do that. How old were you when you snapped those fingers? It wasn't that long ago. I would say Right after I had my first child, because when you have when you have kids, you have that kid and then nothing else seems important as important. Nothing else seems, you know, something to panic over. So you're a little like calmer with the stuff outside of parenthood.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you gain a lot of perspective. Yeah, you you do. You You do.
1: And you reprioritize your whole life. And you think, okay, what's important? And uh, to me, family and, and my community are the things that are important to me. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now, you talked about um, growing up in a family, volunteering in a... Brampton wouldn't have been as big a city
1: no. as it is <laughs> now
0: when that happened. Yeah. And But it's important in all sizes of, sizes of community. But I think you also... Um, you help with the Chamber of Commerce here as a volunteer, and you're the co-chair of the Santa Claus Parade, because they put on the Santa Claus Parade. Yes. And, you know, that's a a huge project, a huge undertaking. And it's nobody is paid that's organizing the Santa Claus Parade. You've got some paid employees at the Chamber, but that's right. But it's all volunteers. So is it more important in small towns, this whole volunteering network? Absolutely. People?
1: Yes. It's, and it's easier because you you know your neighbors and, you know, getting together with them to do volunteer work just seems more natural in a small community. Uh, in a bigger community, there's, there's, I, I would say less communication as well. Um, here in Scugog, I feel like we have very good communication we have uh, lots of places where people gather to talk about things uh, like the Port Perry Bulletin. Um, and that that's a perfect space for people to connect and to find out about volunteer opportunities. Um, a few years ago, that didn't exist. A few years ago, you, you didn't know what was available in terms of volunteer work. So um, that well, was ta- an excuse for many people. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> now tell us about the Port Perry Bulletin. Tell us about starting that.
1: Yeah, so the Port Perry Bulletin um, uh, was started at the beginning of COVID. Um, my colleagues at Williams and Follows, Lisa uh, Follows and, and Keith Williams, started it um, to help local businesses and the community, seniors, all this kind of kind of stuff connect uh, with each other since we were so disconnected during COVID. So it was a place for people to gather, to give information that was important, and um, keep people apprised of what was happening. As you know, things changed on a daily basis for two years, so it was a good place to find information. Uh, We try and keep it a very positive space so uh, people can come there and feel comfortable and, um, you know, they can get lots of perspectives, but also feel comfortable there. So um, the bulletin grew like crazy. We started off obviously with only a handful and we have over 14,000 members now, which is more than the population of Scugog. So there are quite a few followers that are from outside of Scugog or people who have moved from here or people who have children who live here, that kind of thing. So it really branches out nicely. But it is a group type of page, right? Yes. So you have to get permission is not open to the public it's membership based so you do have to have a connection to Skugog to be admitted to the group and obviously you have to agree to the rules Um, but by and large our followers are excellent and they all contribute really well to the page Um, it's one of the only groups or pages in north durham that allows businesses to advertise so we do have rules around that—only once or twice a week. But um, during COVID, especially, it was—it was a way for business owners to communicate when they were open, or what the rules were. If you had to come with a mask, if you did like, so it was a perfect place for them to educate the community on what was allowed in their business. Mm-hmm. So um, we were hoping that would—that would be the case, and it's still going on even now. So. They, uh, the local businesses use it, use it, um, constantly, which is great.
0: Yeah. Now, and there's just, there were just the three of you moderating it. For mm-hmm. Is it still just
1: three of you? No, there's it? a big, bigger group of admins now. Okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> it was very, very, very busy during COVID. Um, as you know, emotions were high and people were having a hard, a lot of people were having a hard time. So while it was a pl- friendly place, sometimes it wasn't. And so it was, it was challenging for us as a group, um, but we just stuck to our guns and kept the mandate going that, you know, we wanted it to be a happy place. Um, yeah. So, and now we have a bigger group of admins who can help keep everybody on track and on conversation and on topic. And, and Mm -hmm. I think it's going quite well. Yeah. Yeah. I know, uh,
0: we, I walk with a gang every morning and, often our topic of conversation is something that's on the bulletin <laughs> yes. or it's often about, um, oh, did you see the photograph that was of, you know, and name a bird, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was an eagle recently, eagle sightings and red breasted woodpecker sightings and there's photographs and yeah. so some great photographers yes. posting things. That's been a site.
1: nice, uh, benefit to the bulletin that we weren't expecting was it's a, really nice space for artists to share their work, uh, now. So, um, photographers and painters and, and, you know, associations that want to, um, advertise an event or something like that. It's, it's a great space for artists as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so you're talking, we've been talking about how volunteerism's part of the kind of social fiber that happens in a, the connected tissue, let's say, of a small town. Um, how does that relate to the arts and culture, the development of arts and culture in a small town? What do you think? Well, we it's can so all important.
1: And we can't just lean on artists either to volunteer. We have to lean on the community that appreciates art and wants to see it, to be part of everyday life here. Um, because artists, they need to be paid for their work. And um, so to support that and to support the arts community, people outside of it need to support it. And a really good way to do that, especially if maybe you don't have the means to purchase original art, you can give to the arts community through volunteerism. Mm. It's a great opportunity to get involved with the arts if you have a special interest or if you're a hobbyist, Um, It connects you to the arts community, uh, especially if you're not a professional. Um, So you can go to events and you can get involved um, and just, you know, be immersed in that in that culture. And it's very rewarding. And it's broader than maybe
0: some people think, too. It's there's there are writers in the community. There are writing groups. There's visual arts, obvious, um, but there's music and there's a lot of live theater. There are playwrights, playwriters that live here. and uh, But then they all need different types of supports. So somebody that's even just coming out to be a greeter at a festival, you know, like some of the roles that you've done, even with the Santa Claus parade, you know, there's people that just are Directing traffic.
1: Yeah. There's a role for everyone. There's a niche for everyone, no matter what you want to do. I mean, sometimes volunteerism seems like something that's geared towards high school students um, because of they have a, a requirement in, in uh, high schools now. But that's not the case. Uh, volunteerism can be for families. It can be for seniors who are retired. It can be for anyone. Um, there are opportunities out there and I promise you an organization is not going to turn you away <laughs> from volunteering for them. Um, the volunteer situation in Scugog is improving, but also um, it needs to get better and we need to inspire people and show people how fun it can be and how rewarding it is and the ones that do come out then start to come out to more. Because they see the value in it for themselves personally, and they see what um, what kind of impact they can make on their community as well. So we have a great group of volunteers who return uh, mm-hmm. for things. You see the same friendly faces all the time, and th- there's a reason those people keep doing it. It's because they find it rewarding. So. Mm-hmm. Now, Kristen, you brought it up, like this need for
0: uh, organizing volunteers and showing the opportunity. So what's next for you, Kristen? What are you planning? It sounds like uh, you've got another idea. <laughs>
1: yes, I'm kind of the idea girl, which can, you know, be cause a cloudy head sometimes. But um, I, I do have some plans in the works to create a space for people to connect Uh to find volunteer work and also to learn about events and to connect, and so that's sort of my my next project on the horizon, which I'm working on, and hopefully and you we'll see it have as it an outside. online group, yeah, something in a like similar that. Similar way
0: to the bulletin, how it operates. So yeah, that-
1: so the bulletin is fabulous and is a really big space. This is really focused on volunteer work and how you can. Um, how you can get involved. And there'll be lots of opportunities and you can pick and choose what you like to do. Um, And part of the idea of this group or this page will be to um, encourage people in Scugog to spend at least two to three hours a year volunteering in the community. And if we got that, even if we got everybody out for an hour, think about the impact that that would make in the community if, if someone showed up for an hour a year, which is not a big ask, um, they would feel good about themselves. The community would benefit, you know, the growth of goodwill in the community would be off the charts Mm -hmm. and, uh, it would just make this place a better place. Those 12,000
0: people that are part of the bulletin donated an hour. You've, you've got a a lot going on. Yeah. And I think too, um, people we used to tease my mom who'd go out in april when the cancer society um, mm-hmm. did the daffodils and and do co- her collecting we'd tease her mom mom what you know what gets you out there because the weather can be really miserable yes. in april right and, <laughs> and she'd say oh it's because everybody's been cooped up all winter and now I get, and I haven't seen anybody. So I get to talk to everybody oh, yes. in the neighborhood. So that's she a would, benefit. That was it. She just got to talk to absolutely everybody. Yeah. And back then you used to go and get your pledge and then you had to go back two weeks later and actually collect the money oh, because wow. one didn't necessarily have the $20 that you were donating right. in hand. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, that would be the kind of thing that uh, she would go through every spring. We always just thought it was really funny that she'd get out <laughs> there with her umbrella and her rubber boots and off she'd go. But and, uh, what a great
1: way to connect with people, though, and talk to your neighbors and, mm-hmm. you know, get a chance to be face to face with people, which is something we all crave after the last few years. Yeah. And yeah. there's it's important also to say that there's opportunities where you don't have to be people facing. You can also do things that are quieter. If you're more of an introvert, we'll find you a job. Uh,
0: well, and that's interesting
1: too, because I know of,
0: um, someone who had, um, volunteered, uh, with the lake stewards mm-hmm. and, um, they, because he had an accounting background, they had him be the treasurer and oh, he was kind of like, okay, yeah, that's great use of my skills, but that's all work I have to do at home. Mm-hmm. And he worked from a home office base for a bank and he said, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, I, if I'm going to volunteer, I want something that builds on a different side of my personality. Right, yeah. So it's either you can use the skills you've got and the background you've got and do more of it, mm-hmm. or you can go do something that's totally off the wall, different yeah. than um, the job that you get paid for. So
1: there's something for everyone. And it really just takes taking that one small step and trying something and maybe it doesn't work out the first time and you want to try something different. There's so many um, groups and organizations in in our township who could really use the help. Um, And also on another note, I I also want to challenge businesses and business owners to um, emphasize volunteer work with their staff. So that means supporting them if they want to take an hour to to volunteer during a week, mm-hmm. um, or you know, letting them ex- express their interest in this kind of thing. It's healthy for everyone, and it benefits everyone. And for businesses, it, it also builds goodwill, which is you know, it's not a net net worth thing, but it it goes towards um, you know, building goodwill with clients and the community as well. So it, it benefits everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can see that. What's,
1: um, what's
0: next for, uh, sportslogos.net? What, what's going on with you
1: guys? Wow, we're doing a lot of filming and podcasts, and um, we're my husband is back traveling again, doing um, you know live events with teams. Uh, we just had an unveiling of a uniform that we did with the Minnesota Twins, uh, and that was a really exciting day. It really it's really great. New,
0: is it new uniform for them? New
1: uniforms, yeah. So mostly we cover unveilings of new uniforms and logos and branding that kind of thing. That's What we focus on, and surprisingly, it's quite a big audience for it. It, it didn't well, used to be that way, look but at it is like now. the
0: NFL <laughs> shop is amazing, and the ads that they are doing now are, yeah, really good and they're really interesting and fun. Yeah. And
1: merchandising is huge, right? So, yeah. they really the leagues um like to work with us to make sure that we have the right information and all that kind of thing and they invite us out to things because you know we're we're helpful to them in in selling their products so mm-hmm.
0: and right. making people even aware yes. of what's going on
1: and yeah yeah and the website is ever evolving there's hundreds of thousands of um graphics photos uniforms original content on our on our website and it just grows and grows and grows every year uh, we're going to be launching our awards, which we do in January, so that's coming up. And the, and in that awards ceremony, we uh, give um, our, our awards out to designers and artists and teams and all that kind of thing for their branding. So it's a it's an exciting time.
0: Yeah, and tell me about the audience. Where
1: where are they from? Um, oh boy, uh, is it? It's worldwide. It's worldwide. Uh, most obviously, most of our of our audiences in the U S uh, we do have also, I guess the second would be Canada, but we do have a lot of Asian countries that follow. Um, for instance, the Philippines is really big on basketball. So we have a lot, a lot of followers from the Philippines, which is excellent. We love that. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. So it's worldwide. Um, there's most of the major league stuff is based in the United States. So that's why we sort of focus there, but
0: yeah. Yeah. And do you end up traveling um farther than north america then as you're following things uh, we've
1: been to italy for something before um, but mostly it's in north america but yeah. all over north america uh, before covid we were in vegas covering the new uh the new hockey team there and that was really exciting um, but yeah, we've been we bounce around. <laughs> yeah, pretty fun, and mm-hmm. it's
0: interesting that you can do it and be living in a really small town. Yeah, small isn't that rural great? Town. It's yeah, great. We
1: we're very blessed to have the flexibility to do so many things and be anywhere we want to be. Um, there's there's obviously you know pros and cons because in our line of work we work pretty much 365. We're always on. Um, if something comes out in the middle of the night or, you know, three hours after us out on the, uh, w- on the West, West coast, coast. <laughs> yeah. then uh, we got to be ready for it. So we just, you know, we work on a weird schedule, but it's great because it allows us to do things, more things in our community, which mm-hmm. we love to do. Yeah.
0: In different hours and different time framing you're not tied to a particular exactly. time frame, And yeah. And
1: as I think, you know,
0: whether you call it compartmentalization, whether you're doing that or Mm -hmm. you're just saying, no, we don't need to compartmentalize. Let's just do all the stuff we want to do. And sometimes it's paid work and sometimes it's volunteer work. And sometimes it's our family time with the kids. And sometimes our family time with the kids is mixed up with our volunteering to run the same. Oh, all the time. My my kids
1: get dragged around from thing (laughs) to thing. They go on business trips with us. They watch us work really, really hard. And we're hoping that that builds an interest in entrepreneurship with them and I think it has. They're they're pretty driven kids and they're very creative. How old
0: are your kids now?
1: Uh, nine and six. Oh. One's a competitive dancer the other one is a you know a rock collector and an artist and moody kind of preteen <laughs> type <laughs> <laughs> but they're really fun and they're always game to do whatever we're doing so we'll take it as long as we can take it. <laughs> yeah oh well it, in fact getting to spend that much time with
0: them doing such a wide variety of things is is actually probably going to
1: mean you'll have an I'm not going to jinx it
0: by saying you'll have <laughs> an easier time through those teen years but you you probably will let's you know? hope
1: so my parents dragged me around everywhere too so you know, if I'm bringing them to culture days out on the street to paint the street or to the street party afterwards to, you know, run around with glow sticks and listen to music and collect garbage. (laughs) Yeah. Or I have them out (laughs) at the Santa Claus parade doing something. Last year, they were on the gator with me riding around uh, the parade fairgrounds there and they were happy to do it. It's not the typical experience of a kid at the Santa Claus parade. Usually they're sitting watching. These guys got to be right in the mix and
0: Well, that's kind of that's really very cool. I think that's why a lot of um, farm families enjoy being involved in something like the Port Perry Ag Society and their their annual fair, right? Because it is an all ages Mm -hmm. thing, but that the back side of it, the background work, is really very interesting. And I think that's an interesting thing for people to think about when they're volunteering. Is you may know the face of something, Mm -hmm. but getting in behind the scenes can be just really interesting.
1: Yeah, really yeah. interesting. You get a lot of perspective because <laughs> yeah. I definitely didn't know before I got involved what lengths people go to to make these things happen. Like, you know, as a family, we would just show up to the Santa Claus parade and enjoy it. We never really considered that it was 9 months of planning and, you know, 17 different organizations and float registrations and and all kinds of safety issues that we have to take on um but someone has to do it and it's fun to do it so it's pretty it's
0: interesting you know you um mentioned uh, the, well with the santa claus parade you had 50
1: 55 entries this 55. year 55 yes that's the max because that's all you can fit that in the is fairgrounds. the max we did have a lot of questions about why we close it at that at that uh, amount but it's because we don't have the space in the fairgrounds to stage so. yeah
0: but it it is just stunning that you're that the police now the Durham Regional Police telling you well you're the largest parade in Durham Region yes and, and we're one of the little towns
1: yeah it's so exciting yeah. I think because we're in the perfect spot geographically between Brock and between you know and Blackstock and Uxbridge and everybody sort of comes here from all all around and a lot of the northern communities come down here And it's, it's just like an easy kind of spot for everybody to gather. So it works out great.
0: And Schuylgog too, we get like our culture days, we are, again, it was a number like that. It was, you know, 36 in-person events and something like uh, 14 or 15 online digital events Mm -hmm. all around culture days. And um, we're the fourth most... I know, the, the fourth largest culture days in Canada wow. for
1: communities of our size. Wow. That's yeah. incredible when you think about, you know, where we are and how small we are.
0: Yeah. yeah. But
1: that just speaks to also the support that the arts and culture has here. It's yeah. there.
0: And the need, I think, too. It it shows desire that, yes. that people... You we know, want to live in a place um, that's got arts and culture and yes. community and yeah, so on.
1: For sure. And uh, as our community grows, which it is quite a bit, you know, it's important to educate new people on the opportunities here and and the culture and the arts and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully we'll get them all out and enjoying, but also in getting involved, yeah. which is, is, is what the goal, ultimate goal is. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to the,
0: the, um, volunteer page. I think that's, um, a really cool idea. I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, (laughs) That's great. So thank you, Kristen Meyer Creamer, of sportslogos.net.
1: Thank you for having me. It was wonderful to chat.
0: Thank you. And to our audience, Chi Miigwech for spending time with us today. Thanks to The Wanted for their song, Before the Fall, and the Ontario Trillium Foundation for the grant that got this done. Visit scugogarts.ca to get the scoop on what we're up to and hit subscribe. Uh, Join us every Tuesday for an episode of Art Waves.